Hey, this is Joe Castiglione, and you're listening to Not Another Sox Podcast with Matt Cavall, Matt LeBeau, and Jack Webster. Can you believe it? Noches amigos, and welcome to episode 37 of Not Another Socks Podcast. I am Jack Webster here with Matt Galvale and Matt LeBeau. As always, fellas. <laughs> Dude, that sounds like me in the office. <laughs> Yeah, that's just how I feel about this team right now. Just one big, giant fucking fart. I got to say, that opening was a lot more enthusiastic than I thought it was going to (laughs) be. Yeah, yeah, you got to do it for the fans. You know, you need some cheering up because there's not a lot to actually cheer for right now. No, there there really isn't. There's, uh, I I think you really got to dig deep. Um, to find something positive right now that that's kind of where we're at and we had an episode like this earlier in the season that was very you know um, that was very depressing but I think we're uh, we're getting back to that Um, that's just kind of the way things are going I think the positive is that we don't have to care anymore I think it's completely (laughs) over (laughs) that is true I can even you know well no see I bought Nesson 360 for the fucking year so can't even cancel that yeah you look like an um, asshole now nah, i mean I, <laughs> I paid for it so <laughs> i mean not even like i'll save some money there um yeah i just it's just hard to care at this point obviously but i mean you still tune in you know you still watch the games but um it sucks you know it sucks but it's definitely over in my opinion yeah i mean like if some miracle happens, we make the playoffs. What are we even going to be doing? We're going to get swept by yeah. whatever team uh, we end up facing. So at this point, you know, it kind of just feels like we're going to see the end of the season. Like it feels like it's probably going to be a lot like 2019 where, you know, you had some hope throughout it and then end up just kind of not really doing too much at the deadline. You kind of end up, staying around that same 500 mark and you really do nothing with that. So that's actually kind of the worst case situation for a season like this yeah. is when you're just remarkably average. Right. They're literally, they're literally in like um, baseball, like purgatory right now where they're just like, they're not like really, really bad. Like where they're like one of the worst teams in the league, but they're also not, you know, good enough to make the playoffs. They're just like right in the middle, which sucks. Because as a fan, you're just like in limbo all year where you're just like you have hopes and then it gets shot down. Then you might have a little hope again. You know, we had a good June or yeah, a good June and then July sucked. And then now we're kind of right back to to being bad. Um, I mean, the the Orioles are what, like two games out of the wild card spot right now? <laughs> That's yeah, kind of I mean, where the, it is. The good thing about 2019 was that it, it resulted in the firing of their, you know, president of baseball operations. So 
maybe that'll happen this year. Who knows? I don't like. I'm not like. <laughs> I'm not like calling for Bloom to get fired. It, mainly because I don't even know who the fuck they would replace him with. Yeah. Unless Theo Epstein wants to come out of retirement. Um, I think that'd be the that'd be a, the dream scenario for a lot of people. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't even think they can afford him at this point. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just think that it, I feel like with a lot of Heimblum's moves since he took over, I feel like we haven't really committed one way or another. You know, I feel like it's kind of like just this middle ground of we're going to do this, but we're going to also do this. And it's just like, you know, either just go for it or just completely tear it down. You know, yeah, that's what you have to do. And I think they should go for it. I mean, they have a good team. Yeah. I mean, they definitely did. I mean, you, you saw it with, I mean, Dombrowski kind of did that where he just went for it. And obviously they ended up with the championship that way. But I think if you're in the Boston market, you almost just have to go for it unless the team is just so bad that you really don't have any other choice. Like right. they have talent on this roster. Like you might as well just try to, um, you, you know, get the best of, of, of the players that you have here. Cause you do have talent. Um, but I think Laveau, you said it perfectly. Like Heim Bloom just really hasn't gone in either direction. He's kind of just done. It, it's he's kind of done. You know, he he does one thing and then he does another thing that brings it back down. It's almost like it's just like a bunch of like lateral moves where the team's just staying the same and they're not really getting any better. Yeah. Like what the fuck is trading Hunter Renfro and then signing Trevor Story? Like. Why yeah. couldn't you I mean, I, I guess we can we can kind of we can kind of just hit on that, you know, with the with JBJ getting DFA'd. Yeah, I mean, obviously that was a bad trade. We all knew that was a bad trade. You know, it was fucking stupid. But like, it would have made sense if it was if if they weren't going for it. If they were just like, you know, whatever, we're just gonna save the money, not have to pay Renfro, even though JBJ wasn't free. But I think Renfro was like because he was arbitration eligible. I don't know. Yeah, someone correct me. Um. Yeah, no, he was, but it's still not that much. Right. So, and I, I like, the, all right, they got a prospect out of it, so I could see, like, the attraction there. But, I mean, you, you're trading a guy with 30 home runs, you know, played good defense. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just, like, just, I don't know. It's just ridiculous. And, like, yeah, same thing. I felt thing like the, JBJ, oh, sorry. Yeah, I felt like no, JBJ should have no, been, like, our fourth outfielder. And then we never got that third guy to actually fill in right field or center field. You're kind of hoping it was Duran, but you know, it almost felt like the reinforcements never really came around. I mean, obviously you signed Trevor story and that's been a disappointment so far this season. I'm sure he would even tell you that I'm not, you know, giving up on him by any means, but it really didn't feel like that next big move to really help out the team ever came in the off season. And it actually felt like, you know, we lost a bit, uh, when you traded away Hunter Renfro, when, uh, you know, you uh, didn't really add on more to the bullpen at the back end there, especially. And it kind of felt like, you know, how much better did we even really get um, apart from like kind of staying the same in a way? Mm. And, and I thought like the, the trade would have made sense if there was another like shoot a drop, you know, like if it was Suzuki or. Right someone else or maybe another trade or whatever i don't know just some just something just not like just be yeah. like all right jackie's like now gonna be like a starter you know yeah and I, I remember when we uh we recorded 
and I think that the night that we recorded, um, you know, an earlier episode, like that's when the JBJ news came down where he, he we traded for him. And uh, I, we, we kind of talked about it then where um, we were kind of just waiting for a nut. We were like, all right, maybe this is like the first move of something else to come. Nothing ever really came in, until Trevor story. Um, and then that was about it. And then the outfield never really got figured out. Um, so you lost the guy in Hunter Renfro, replaced him with JBJ, who obviously, I mean, that's just a loss at that point. And um, it just seems like this, I mean, the trade was bad then, but it, it's almost, you know, it's even worse now because you ended up DFAing for the guy that you traded for. Right. It's, it's just an awful look. Terrible. It. Uh, well, the other thing was, I mean, we went over the luxury tax with Trevor Story. So at that point, who even cares about how much extra that you're spending over? You really care more about the long-term penalties. So I think we're, what, $5 million over and we're like half sellers, kind of buyers at the deadline. Like if you actually committed to trading away J.D. Martinez or Nate Evaldi to get under that tax, I probably would have understood that more than really most other moves that ended up happening at the deadline. But, you know, you should, if you're Hein Blim, you should ask for a good price back to get some help now. But we're still in that limbo of, yeah, we spent all this money, we committed to the team, but where are we going with this? Right. Yep. Agreed. And that's why it sucks when you go into a trade deadline, especially like this year where you got a lot of guys coming off the books, like Evaldi, JD, um, you know, he had Vasquez, you end up trading him. Um, but it, it always sucks when you go in and then you you don't commit either way. I mean, we talked about that before the trade line deadline too, is like, I feel like in any sport, like you have to, when, when the trade deadline comes, you have to decide like, are you going to put into a team and and try to add pieces to to go on a run or are you looking at the team and, and saying all right I, I really don't think we can make a run you look at the teams around you you know can we really compete with the with these teams no if if the answer is no if you don't think you can win a championship and you don't think you can at least make a deep run then you probably sell and they didn't really do either um which is frustrating and and that's kind of how you get to the point where you're at right now yeah and I could care less about the Vasquez trade. Like, that doesn't bother me at all. Right. But for me, it's like everything that Bloom's done since he took over, it just, he just didn't, it doesn't seem like he has a plan. Like, I, I think that every move that he makes, like, Red Sox fans are like, oh, like, you know, Heim's got something up his sleeve. He doesn't have anything up his sleeve. He has nothing up his sleeve. He has, he has no sleeves whatsoever. <laughs> the man does not own sleeves. He's wearing a he tank has, top at all times. He has no master plan. The guy is, he's not making like terrible, terrible moves. I mean, the roster was poorly constructed, but like he doesn't have like this knock your socks off. All of a sudden, like you see the whole yeah. you know, puzzle come together, like the whole master plan. Like he's just kind of just out here, just vibing, just being like, oh, I'm just going to do this now. Like, dude, I there's no plan. Like he- I feel like he's just he has like the look of somebody that's always he always looks like he's up to something. And like, I Maybe think that's, that's I think like that, like he just has like a vibe to him that he he seems like he's always like got something planned that just never happens. Maybe that's yeah. why. I, I don't I, I, don't I feel like he's thing. always tra- trying to just get like the best deal possible. Like I'm trying to swindle these people. 
But in reality, sometimes, you know, it doesn't work out in your favor like that. And, you know, sometimes you should just overpay for, you know, a big trade deadline acquisition or something like that. It's okay to give up, you know, guys that are going to be all-stars in the future if you feel like you actually have a chance now. And we have so many guys in our system that are tradable that we don't necessarily have holes for in the future. Like, if we traded Nick York, I mean, he, I really believe in him. He, I think he's going to be a good guy. I wouldn't even be upset if he performs well on another team in the future because we got something to actually compete and win a World Series now. But you don't know when that window is actually going to be in the future. And I think that's really unfortunate that, you know, we are not going to really get either benefit of, you know, either getting a guy now and, you know, maybe not even having a lot of these guys end up panning out. Yeah. Right. And I think if you ask Red Sox fans for the most part, like they're OK with doing that. Like if you're going for a World Series and if you're if you're trying to compete and trying to win a championship, they're OK with giving up you know, uh, uh, pieces of the future uh, to win now. I mean, Dombrowski did that, and I think, obviously, you know, he ended up winning a World Series, and fans were okay with that. You won. Um, but, it, I mean, if you're committed to winning and you, and you give up a piece, you know, for the future, I think most Red Sox fans would be okay with that. I mean, part of your farm system, the value in it has to be from just simply moving it from point A to point B. Like, you simply can't play all these prospects. It's impossible. Like you have, you have a roster of 25 guys and not everyone in 2026 is going to be able to play. So you're going to actually have to trade some of these guys. And th there's like, you have some guys on contracts for a while. I mean, hopefully Devers is part of the future, but you have Trevor story for the next four years. Obviously you have, you know, some pitchers for a little while under team control, Garrett Whitlock, Tanner Houck, like you can't play everyone, so you have to be okay with trading some prospects here and there. And I think that I think that you'll see it eventually. I think he's just maybe just being a little greedy with them because he's trying to rebuild the farm system. But at some point, we got to start, you know, flipping some of these guys. And maybe yeah. maybe maybe we make a trade where it look like it looks bad. You know, I don't care. Make 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 a bad trade, please. Make a bad trade to make the team better. That's fine. Totally fine with me. Yeah, no, people like like to point out like Espinal, uh, the Blue Jays second baseman, he came over in the Steve Pierce trade and he was an all star this year, technically, even though I don't think anybody's ever going to remember that. <laughs> but I mean, nobody cares that we gave up a future all star to get Steve Pierce because nope. we were going for it in 2018 and the team was so good and we needed an extra bat that could play the outfield in first base. And you know what? Dave Dombrowski got it. Uh you know, he sold high on a lot of other guys. He sold high on Kopech and Moncada as high as it's ever going to be to get that ace and Chris sale. He even got Drew Pomeranz for Anderson Espinosa that ended up doing nothing at all. Nobody came really from uh, the Craig Campbell trade. Uh, like Manny Margot was the big name in that. It's fucking Manny Margot. Yeah. Where were we ever going to play Manny Margot? <laughs> right. So, <laughs> you, uh, you know, we ended up being like one of the worst farm systems after that. But, like, if you look back, even if he didn't trade for those guys, we would be in the same exact position right now, except without a World Series ring. Right. Right. Uh, Jalen Beeks is having a really nice year with Tampa Bay. But guess what? Not, not what? But not one fucking person gives a shit that the Red Sox traded Jalen Beeks for Nathan Evaldi. Like, honestly, 
it's so goddamn irrelevant. It really is. Like trade. But when you go, yeah, and when you go through those trades, it's like okay, Jalen Beeks, you get Nathan Ovaldi, had a huge impact in 2018. Uh, you know, Kopech and um, Mankata, you got Chris Sale, huge impact on that team. Like, yeah, even Steve Pierce, like. These are guys that helped you win. Like, that's fine, dude. If you're going to give up, you know, uh, higher-end prospects and you're going to get guys that are going to help you win right now, that's completely, completely fine. And Dombrowski did that. And, uh, you know, hey, credit to him. But, I, I again, going back to Bloom, it just doesn't seem like he's um, picked a direction, you know, like we've said. It, it just doesn't seem like he, he's done that. So, and I, and I think that's why, you know, uh, you know, coming to the, this season, you know, once this season's over, you know, heading into the winter, um, it's going to be a, a big off season for Heim Bloom because I feel like this is a this is the point where he's got to pick, you know, what are you going to do with this team? You know? Yeah. And, and one thing, like, I don't want it to sound contradictory because I, I defended Bloom with the Vasquez trade. Like, I was totally OK with the Vasquez trade, but the Vasquez had two months left on his contract. Like you need to start trading, you know, these guys for someone that'll be under team control for a little while. Like, uh, you know, Sean Murphy's a great example. Yeah. Like throw, you know, maybe three or four prospects at the Oakland A's in the offseason and see, you know, what happens. Um, that's that's a player that. I mean, he was on the block this year, so you got to think that you know he'll be available in the offseason. He's an yeah. Oakland A. Of- of course, yeah. he's always going to be available. <laughs> He'll be available. That's for yeah. that's for damn sure. He'll be available, and the Red Sox will need a catcher, you know, unless obviously they want to go into next season with McGuire and Ploiecki's up, so someone else. In that case, I would imagine McGuire is going to be the backup next year. I would also imagine that, which I'm totally fine with. And um, if you can get another catcher, a starter, then you. All in all, you'll probably upgrade your catching department, you know, from Vasquez to Ploiecki to whoever it is and, you know, McGuire. So, but I got to start upgrading, you know, I got to start yeah. getting better. You got to start looking yeah. at like the roster and being like, all right, this is a better team than it was last year. Like 2021, or, well, 2022, looking at from 2021, you, you there was never really a point this year where you're like, all right, this team is better than it was last year. Like, no. I mean, I mean, I maybe thought that for like a week when we after we signed Trevor Story, but then reality hit was like, you lost, you know, you lost Erod, you lost, you know, um, I mean, you lost technically, you lost some bullpen guys, and you 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 lost Hunter Renfro, so never really was that that never really was the case. The Trevor Story signing almost kind of was like a, a mat, like it masked everything that you lost. Because he's like he's like a big he's like a big name. He's a young guy. He's gonna be here for a while. Um, you know, he's a, he's a stud, and people were just like, "Oh, like great Trevor Story, Trevor Story." Like, but it, you know, like you said, Lebeau, like there's there was other holes that really weren't filled, and then there was guys that left that, you know, you you didn't fill with more talent, and you, you know that story thing just kind of masked everything, and it kind of blinded everybody for a little bit, and then, you know you enter this season and, and things happen, injuries happen. And then you're like, Oh wow. Like yeah, <laughs> we weren't as deep and you know, we didn't have as uh, you know, as much talent as we thought we did. Right. 
Yeah, like if we send Kenley Jansen to a one-year deal to have him be that back-end closer and like more of a traditional role than we've seen just about anybody else until Hauk at this point, I feel like, you know, that would probably be the difference of four or five games. That would put us right back in it, yeah. theoretically. But I feel like, you know, you see so many walk-offs lost this uh, season. Uh, the one against Kansas City sucked because Whitlock was pitching good. I mean, that one was a real kick in the dick along with, you know, that entire series, which we haven't even talked about. Who even cares? We lost three <laughs> out of four to the Royals. <laughs> we, we somehow beat the Astros two out of three in Houston, lost three out of four to the Royals. So if we can't beat the Royals, there's no way we're actually beating no. anybody in the playoffs. Right. So that's that was kind of, you know, I think when I knew that the season was over, unfortunately. Definitely. But they're, 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 like we we're saying, they're were tons of moves that felt like, you know, should have been made in the offseason that just weren't. It obviously was a very unique situation with the lockout and not being able to talk to players for so long. And then kind of having that rush of transactions. Heimblum was trying to get, you know, his guy in Trevor Story. It always sounded like, you know, he was one of the top acquisitions that we were trying to get, especially, you know, once the big names fell off the board. So, we're kind of playing that waiting game. And because we're playing that waiting game, we weren't able to make like a lot of other moves and let guys get off the board. So by the time Trevor story signed, you know, it's already halfway through spring training. Who else is out there other than Michael yeah. Conforto who yeah. <laughs> ended up being you know, <laughs> oh, hurt for the entire year anyways. So, um, yeah, it, it was a shitty situation. It sucks, but it's still, um, not really too much you can do about it at this point, I guess. Um, yeah, I agree. I have a little bit of a conspiracy theory. Um, so okay. if you look, if you look at like the, a couple of Boston Globe writers recently, they've been really critical of Bloom, you know, and like rightfully so, but they're for the most part, like not critical of the organization. Obviously, you know, there's kind of a conflict of interest there a little bit, like John Henry owns the newspaper. Um, but they've been definitely giving it to Bloom a lot. And I'm starting to get the feeling that the Red Sox ownership is just going to put on a masterclass of blame on Heim Bloom. And I, I think that it, it's, it's looking like that's, that's the, the case. And I think they're going to try to save face with, you know, Cora, Bogarts, Devers, and be like, you know, it was his fault. And he's gone now. So, you know. <laughs> the bad man is gone. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> So honestly, I just I'm I'm just getting that feeling like it, there's just been a, a vibe change like ever ever since the Vasquez trade and and then it was like the JBJ thing and like it was it fell perfectly in line with like Duran's just collapse in center field. And I think it was just like all the pieces are just working against Bloom right now. And oh, I wow. think that if you looked at like you know some of the Globe guys, especially Pete Ape, who's an absolute just he's an absolute pawn. The <laughs> yeah, Red Sox machine. He really is. And he's just been like giving it to Heim Bloom on Twitter. And like that's very unlike him. So I think they're gonna try to blame him and I think they're gonna let him go. You think he's end. gone though? I think he's gone. Honestly, I think he's gone. That's my prediction. Please credit Matt LeBeau uh, and Nas. Yep. I also feel at the same time that the Red Sox are almost like so defensive of it that they're going to like wait one more year, be again, remarkably average in 2023, be above the cap uh, again, because of course, and then, then let them go, you know, 
instead of really trying to put some water on the fire and, you know, put out the burn <laughs> since it's already kind of getting to that point now. But I feel like, you know, I, it would be the right move to let him go, especially once the season ends. I don't think they're actually going to, though. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah Lebeau, you mentioned, uh, which was interesting, saving face with Devers and Bogarts. I mean, if if Bogarts leaves, like if he if they just if they can't re-sign him, I mean, that's obviously with Red Sox fans, that's not going to sit well. And that that could be something that, you know, obviously could lead to him, you know, right. to Heim Bloom, you know, being gone. Right. And so if I'm Red Sox ownership, here's what I'm looking at right now. I have three entities that are very upset with the organization. I have Alex Cora, definitely. He's definitely got to be pissed off. Yeah. I mean, we don't know that for sure, but he's definitely got to be pissed off. You have the fans who are absurdly upset. And then you have the contingency of Devers and Bogarts who obviously have to be upset about this. Those three are way more irreplaceable than, you know, a, a baseball executive who you might not find the greatest hire of all time, but you can get rid of him, blame him, say, you know, we, we had a we had a differing in philosophy. We don't agree with with a lot of the things that he did. We're going to try to right this ship. We're going to try to, you know, sign you guys, keep you here long term. The tell the fans, you know, hey, we're going to try to do things a little bit differently than how he wanted them done. And same thing, tell Alex Cora, like, you know, we're going to try to win, put an emphasis on winning right now. And I think that you'll gain the the at least the the not the maybe not, not the trust. I don't think anyone's ever going to trust the Red Sox, but. <laughs> you'll at least gain like some temporary happiness from all three of those parties, which really is the, that's like the foundation of your organization moving right. forward are those three things. Selling that's, tickets, yeah. coaching the team and playing. That's it. And for the record, uh, Alex Cora definitely hates Heim Bloom for making him pick between Franchi Cordero and Bobby <laughs> Dahlbeck for a hundred games. So there's no way you, you don't hate your boss after that. And putting Jared Duran in the outfield. Yeah. You don't you don't really you don't need to be a conspiracy theorist to like see that Alex Core is not happy. And like I'm not like talking from like looking at him in the dugout or visually like yeah, but the product that you have to work with is is certainly not, you know, like something you want to do as a manager. Yeah, I mean And you know what, Alex uh, Alex Cora is not, you know, zero percent blame either. You, you know, it's the job of a manager to keep these guys, you know, motivated through slumps. And you've seen these extended periods of times where we've just played plain sloppy. And I mean, that obviously comes from the guys on the field. There's no denying that. But at times it's felt like, you know, maybe not the wheels are coming off the wagon, but it's starting to shake a little bit. And I, I don't know who else you're going to get better than Alex Cora to, you know, manage your ship and right. be that leader in the clubhouse. There's no reason to actually let him go. But I feel like, you know, maybe it's just frustration boiling over throughout the entire season. You know, Yankees have obviously been done doing well uh, this year, uh, along with, you know, literally every single other team in the AL East. So 
that it, goddamn. You, who knows voice. what it actually is at the end of the day, but um, I, I would like to see a little bit more, you know, from the clubhouse itself in order to like just play better, just play better. Right. Like that, if we just played better, we would be in this. Right. right. Yeah. No, it definitely. There's there's blame on Cora for sure. And honestly, you could even make the argument that Cora for this season is potentially almost more to blame. But I just think that, you know, I think he's 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 shown that he's good at his job, whereas Heinblum really has never shown that he's good at his job. So when you're sitting down and you have to decide between the two and which one you're going to be as a, uses the scapegoat because someone has to get it right. Someone has to be scapegoat then I think it's got to be Heim Bloom because you might just be like, hey, we fucked up. He just wasn't a good hire. He's never been good at his job. You know, wasn't our thing. So, also, what the fuck? Like, another thing to point out is, like, Kyle Schwarber, like, that was your... You, you could have done a little better than that. <laughs> trade them. Like, I loved Schwarber. I thought he was a great, great player. But you still didn't have a first baseman last year in the playoffs. Like to not to not have a first baseman and have all these prospects to to move when you're you know in first place or close to it is fucking wild to me. It's yeah. still absolutely wild. And you had yeah. some some bullpen issues and you get you know Robles and Austin Davis. I mean, sure, okay players, but it's crazy that you're the Boston Red Sox and you didn't have a first baseman. Finally, our first base, finally, our first baseman, yeah. Eric fucking Hosmer. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, he, he, he is got exactly okay. Yeah, it's but, exactly okay. You know, on, on the bright side, he's an actual first baseman. That is true. That's, that's, I mean. This is a guy that does play first base. <laughs> I read it in a book. Yeah, can, and I give. look it up on Google. I give Bloom a lot of credit for that. People say, like, oh, that fell into his lap. Okay, it fell into his lap. But, I mean, it, it also, there was He still 20, went out and did it, though. Yeah, there like, was 28 other teams that could have done that exact same thing and got a free first baseman that hits 270 and plays gold glove, gold glove defense and is a veteran, has won a championship. I mean, it's a fine move, you know. I mean, there was also a lot of pressure on him to actually get a first baseman, too, because there was no way you could – Continued, you know, the next two months with Bobby Dahlbeck and Franchi Cordero at first no. base. No. There was just no way you could do that. No way. I don't. I don't even care. Like if we sold like JD Eovaldi, Schreiber, fucking whoever. I just wanted a goddamn actual first baseman to play first base. So I like. I, I will actually like thank Heim for that move. You know, like we we're saying, it's furry. Kind of fell into our laps because. Um, he used his no trade or, uh, Hosmer used his no trade clause earlier that day, but I feel like we would have gotten somebody, if we didn't get him, we would have gotten, you know, Luke Voigt because the, um, uh, Padres just needed to get rid of both of their first basemen now that they have Josh Bell. Right. So, you know, it's fine. Hosmer is exactly fine. Um, and you know, you hope that, you know, you can actually get somebody there long-term, Hopefully that's Cassis. I mean, but it, it feels like, you know, you at least have some insurance now. Exactly. Exactly. And I know we, we mentioned it earlier in the, in the episode, too, is um, obviously with the, out, the outfield situation has got to get addressed because there's no way that you can have Jaron Duran, um, you know, fielding balls out there. It's not working out. 
Yeah, he's a bust. Yeah, Jack, Jack, tweet, you tweeted that out the other day. No, he's definitely a bust. He's, I've he's seen relevant. enough. It's fine. I don't care if he goes to another team and does well. He's a bust. He can't perform, you know, in a big market like this. And you, you, I know there was the whole thing with like fans throwing bottle caps at him after, you know, another series of horrific outfield plays, but you, you still like, can't lose your cool like that. I mean, uh, there was also the interview with ESPN the other day after the Astros win, where he's like, go ahead, doubt us, but don't cheer for us. You don't want to hear that from your players. I'm sorry, but no. you can have that attitude privately. Nobody cares, but that's not what you say in Boston. Like no, it's he's just, just obviously it's just true. He's just a clown. He really is just a clown, and he's not good at baseball. Um, he thinks he's great. He thinks he's dude. He's 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 twenty six. He still hasn't even played a full, full full season yet. Like he needs to fucking relax a little bit. Like he's, he does have such like a douchey attitude too. He, like him and Devers are the same age, and like Devers has like a, a, a like a reasonable like hall of hall of fame like. <laughs> resume yeah, already yeah, yeah. and he, there's, there's Durant, a road yeah and Darren Duran's like like I don't even want him as a fourth outfielder and he's like acting like such a douche um like they should definitely trade him for sure they should have traded him he, last year he also has not helped his stock which is which that's the crazy part if you're Duran like what like oh don't you want to like actually play well so your stock is high and you're you don't look like an asshole right now because yeah. i mean god damn he has not helped his stock lately at all he looks it's, like it's, it's plummeted he looks like shit nope negative six uh defensive runs saved in center field that's what you love from a speed guy that just lets easy pop flies uh just soar 30 feet behind him and then not run afterwards so you know just i'm over it it's fine you know I'm sure he's going to be out there for the rest of the season because we're not really going anywhere. and We're just going to at least, you know, see if we might be able to quote unquote fix him, kind of like what we, we've been doing with Bobby Dahlbeck the last <laughs> year and a half, two years now. So, you know, it's fine. It's whatever. Who even cares at this point? Like, it, uh, maybe we can get someone better there in the offseason. Maybe uh, Sadon Rafaela becomes that guy later down the road or. Uh, who knows? But uh, I don't think it's going to be Duran, and I hope it's not in 2023. So many goddamn fucking scrubs on this team. It's really ridiculous. <laughs> Dude, that's why this offseason is going to be very interesting. Because this is, you actually have to address some holes here. Because it's not looking great. I, I, I just don't, I, I, I don't think like, I think Red Sox ownership is seeing this. And they're like, wow. We're gonna have to address a ton of holes, and yeah. I don't think Heim Bloom is the 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 person equipped to fill holes. I mean, I I do like your conspiracy theory, though. I just don't think it he makes is. sense. Yeah, it does. I, it I does just, make sense because I mean, if you, I, I it's like if this whole Bogart situation comes down, and he ends up walking, and that that's just not gonna sit well. And then on top of that, you have a lot of holes that you need to fill. And if you just don't do that this offseason, like you're going to lose a lot of the fan base. Well, right. that's the thing. If you don't resign Bogarts, then every single Red Sox fan is going to ask for Heimblum to be fired 100%. So you can either do it somewhat soon and try to resign Bogarts with, you know, a new president of baseball operations or just a general manager. You don't even need to. 
Right. W- w- knockoff all is president of baseball operations <laughs> bullshit. Just give me a fucking general manager who is just going to, you know, just make the moves. That's it. Like, Jesus, fuck. I mean, it, kid's fucking 28. He gets the president. Uh, there was something I was going to say. I already forgot. I'm just so sad about this team. Yeah, it's well, sad. What, what, what made it worse is uh, no more Eck in the booth after this year. Yep. Yeah, they're, they got even more holes to fill on the fucking <laughs> Red Sox now. <laughs> Organization's crumbling. No, good for Eck. I don't, I, you know, I really don't want to watch uh, the team anymore this season Dude. either. So um, I respect Dude, Jack, did you were was it you that that tweeted it earlier today about like oh if Eck goes to the Padres, dude, you're gonna just like yeah, it might just be over from there. You're gonna jump. You're gonna unalive yeah. yourself. <laughs> we're gonna be a uh, not another Padres podcast nap. Nap. Yeah, or nap. Yeah. Not nap another. Podcast. Not another Padre. Not another podcast not another pod Ooh. here you go P-A-D- another padre cast p-a-d-c-a-s-t <laughs> podcast podcast dude imagine Eck and orsillo in san diego i'd kill myself oh, fuck. Maybe that's just what we should do the rest of the season maybe we should just talk about the padres they seem like fun <laughs> Yeah, I got Juan Soto. I'm really I'm willing to watch like Juan Soto for the rest of the year. Like Tatis is coming back, you know. Yeah. Uh, I really feel like you know hopefully Blake Snell and um, uh, Sean Manaya can turn things around and really add to Joe Musgrove and uh, you Darvish in that rotation. I believe right. in Padres magic. Yep, <laughs> you got Don Arcelo over there. The only thing is just Manny Machado. Yeah, yeah, that is the one downfall um, in Padres land over there. It's yeah, tough. It sucks. It's tough. But I'm you down. Yeah, I'm down to talk about the Padres. I mean, they're they're a likable team because they're gonna have to beat the Dodgers. Hate the Dodgers. Right. Um. I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I I I really would like to see the Mets or the Padres win a win a World Series. Um. I think. Like. I'm over like rooting against the Astros because they cheated. Like I I don't care about that. Yeah. I just don't want them to win just because they've won. Recently, um, I don't want the Blue There's Jays. Two fan bases that really cheer against the Astros, and it's the Yankees and the Dodgers. Yeah, I'd rather have the Astros. Everybody win. else is over it. I'd rather have the Astros win the Blue Jays. That's a hot take, but that's dude. How crazy would New York be if the Mets won? I'll be nuts. Or if they beat the yeah. Yankees in the World no. Series. <laughs> that would be the best thing is if it was Yankees, Mets in the World Series and the fucking Mets win. That'd be just absolutely surreal. And then Aaron Judge signs with the Mets. <laughs> Aaron Judge signs with the Red Sox with their new their their new GM. The new president of baseball operations. Then Sharrington is, gonna... is bringing him home to the Pirates. Then Sharrington. <laughs> Forgot he still worked in baseball for some yep. reason. I think yep. Ben Charrington might be the only GM worse than Bloom. And actually, that's not even true. There are worse GMs, but like we forget how bad Ben Charrington was actually at constructing a roster. He got he, so lucky was, in 2013. Yeah. He, he was bad at both. Like So Bloom, honestly, I think Bloom's a really good baseball executive. I actually think he's a really good GM. I think he's perfect for... The Rays, 
he's perfect for like even like a middle market team, maybe like, you know, Toronto, the White Sox, whatever. Um, I think he's just a really bad fit in Boston. You know, like like, all right, I I think that trading Vasquez was a move that made a lot of sense for the future of the organization. I thought it was almost a no brainer, but I, I think that Heimbloom doesn't realize the impact that something like that, you know, happens like, or has rather, I meant. Right. Um, it's like trading your, you know, starting catcher is probably not going to win you too many awards of happiness amongst the players. And, um, and I think that that he's, I think it's going to lead to his, his firing. I really do. I really do. Yeah. Well, you and, can only and, hope at this point in the season that the team is so bad and the ratings go down and they blame Dave O'Brien. So that's <laughs> like awesome. really all that I'm hoping for for the rest of this year. Mike is somehow, Yeah, my, we get a Mike Monaco, Kevin Euclid's booth. I know that that, that's a lot to ask for, but if uh, Kyle Bloom can make that happen, I think, you know, I'm going to turn the tides on him. Heim President Bloom. of baseball operations. The, the, I mean, that's baseball. <laughs> that's baseball. <laughs> Sign Monaco. Announce Monaco. Yeah, announce Monaco. Announce Monaco. Dude, give me Monaco, Uke, and Millar for the, every game next year. Or like Millar, Millar, Millar some games or like Uke some games. Like just a combination of the two. That's awesome. That's awesome. That, that's a great booth. That's like Millar booth. for the West Coast games. Yeah. yeah, I'll take that um, any day of the week. If it's Dave O'Brien and Tony Maz, I'm not going to watch. I no, don't think I can take that. I'll, I'll, I'll use a VPN it. to like do MLB <laughs> TV for the opposing team. I will rather watch like the Yes Network over Tony Maz and Dave O'Brien calling a team for my favorite baseball their organization. I just really hope they get rid of O'Brien. I really do. Yeah. Just really, really do. Monaco and Uke is a great booth. Can't believe we had Orsillo. I know. How do you let Don Orsillo go? Dude, it gets it gets worse and worse every year. That that you know it, fire. It is Don truly. It, it's the it's the worst aging. Yeah. Like, non baseball transaction you've ever had in anyone's ever had in sports. Like, yeah, I I tell people all the time like that hurt way more than the Mookie trade. Oh, 100%. By the yeah. way, the Boogie trade is terrible, too. We didn't talk about that with Blind but uh, Bloom, but yeah, that, that ended up being a piece of shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. At, well, at yeah. Point, I would have rather just had the one year of Mookie bats in 20, the one 2020 nothing yeah. year. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then fucking the three scrubs they got back. That's how bad it's been. Dude, it's it's that. And that and that's, goes back to your conspiracy, Lebo, of like, you know, if you do, if you, if you're Bloom and, and you did the Mookie trade and you didn't sign De- uh, Bogarts and you're doing this, whatever you're doing with Devers, just can't happen. If you lose those three, I mean, dude, you, you might not ever have a job again in baseball. No, I, I really think that. I really think that Go they're going to blame him. Yeah, I think they're going to blame him. I think they're going to put all the blame on him. Be like, oh, we're so sorry. Oh, Raphael, I can't believe he lowballed you. We heard about it. We heard Even though it's our money. John Henry, yeah, even though it's his money, John Henry was like, yeah, offer him this. 
uh, oh, Raphael, I'm so sorry. Where, where did he touch you? <laughs> Point uh, us on the doll. John Xander, Luster, Mookie Betts, it's all the same shit over and over again. Xander, we just found out he traded your best friend, Christian Vasquez. Is that true? We're so sorry. Come here. Give me a hug. Yeah. I couldn't believe he did that. <clears throat> Point on the chat. You know, we didn't tell him to do it. He just did it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You know they're going to do that, those rats. No, they will. They they will. They'll 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 cook something up. One thing the Red Sox are really good at is making sure they never look like the bad guy. Like, right. They make sure that the fans don't hate them. They make sure that you know they, they compete. They they kind of like they told this really interesting line between like PR and like doing like keeping the betterment of the organization for the future and like. I think Heim Bloom's just like way too far. If if you had like a spectrum of like Dave Dombrowski is like right wing and yeah. Heim Bloom is like left wing, I think like they're complete opposites. I think you need a guy like someone in the middle, you know? Yeah. Billy B. You also know the Red Sox are gonna announce whatever that they're doing, like 30 minutes before Patriots cook or uh, kick uh-huh. off. So that yep. way, <laughs> like yep. it just gets like swept under the rug. The Bruins do the same exact thing. Like they, they take a uh, play right out of the uh, playbook right there. But Dude, I like, hate, I just hate when teams do that shit. Oh, they'll, they'll do that. hundred percent. Yep. They'll do that. Didn't the Bruins fire somebody during the Sox parade? Yeah, they fired Claude Julian during the uh, yeah, Red that's Sox right. Parade, that's yeah. right. <laughs> they did oh no, it was during, during the Patriots Patriots Super Bowl parade. Oh, Patriots! Yeah. That's right. That that they, makes more they sense. They literally now. fired him during yeah. while the parade was happening. Yep. Good time. It's Good just time like to do it. A, yeah, it's such a Boston thing. I feel like oh, all the yeah, teams do shit like that. Boston teams are really good for that. Um, yeah, the Red Sox. The Red Sox will fire. Will will fire Heim Bloom. In the second quarter, after like Mac Jones threw his second interception, and, yeah. fuck, and sports radio is just gonna be riding number ten the next day, and yeah. no one's even gonna know that Heimblum even got fucking fired. Yeah, that's, that's gonna be so true. <laughs> it's gonna be like week nine, week ten. No, it'll be way early than that. It's gonna be like week yeah. two. It'll be like September. Like week nine, yeah. that would be what, like December? Yeah, yeah, we'd be fucked at that point. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be way fucked. No, if they're gonna fire him, I think it's gonna be in September or or it could be October. But I I think they'll they'll try and like do it before the season because you have Bogarts who's like up. Yeah. Like, like right now. And he's not gonna wanna like I don't think he's gonna wanna sign a ten year contract with an organization that doesn't have a you know, a general manager. So I think they're gonna try to like yeah, and he someone. and he and he was the guy that even questioned like where the organization was headed, like with Heim Bloom. Like, you know, if Heim Bloom doesn't really have like a blue, like an actual plan, I don't think he's gonna he's gonna want to sign, you know, knowing like where the team is gonna headed, like what direction they're in. Right, for sure. I agree. Rightfully so. Yeah, I mean, if I was him, I wouldn't want to re-sign with a team that doesn't really have a you know, an actual plan. Um Yeah. It's almost like we should have just like signed him for super fucking cheap like three yeah, years ago yeah. when we could have. 
like kind of like what the Atlanta Braves do with like every single one of their players where they're True, actually yeah. able to, you know, draft and develop a pitcher and then keep them. And then also like trade for really good talent without affecting the major league club. Maybe yeah. we should be the more like the Braves or something yeah. like that he's, instead he's of trying the to be the Rays that haven't done shit. Yeah, he's the best executive in baseball for sure. Anthopolis. Dude, Austin Riley got the bag. He did. He did. And, you know, you see fucking Braves and Astros and all these other teams actually draft and develop pitching. Meanwhile, I'm hopeful for Cutter Crawford, like, you know, 16-round draft pick in um, 2016 or whatever. So, you know, I, I pooped the bed the other day. But, you know, I don't think any pitcher could have actually done well. But hopefully, you know, maybe one of these guys pan out eventually. Who knows? Jack, we're still waiting on Henry Owens. When, dude, but the thing is, like, when when Alex Spear is writing articles about, like, how they were confused about the Christian Vasquez move, like, Alex Spear is the biggest, like, prospect slot. Like, he's just an absolute fucking... Like I think, dude. yeah, he he, I think he would let every Red Sox prospect run train on him, and like when he's writing articles like this, I I just think that this is a big time just Heim Bloom smear campaign, and that's this is what they're just gonna smear this guy for the next like month and a half, and then fire him, gone. We're we're doing it for him right now, like really that's like yeah. what we've talked. No, about yeah, this, this is what they want. We're they doing hire work. We're just gonna we're just gonna get like just wake up to like a million in our bank account from the red side. <laughs> Give me your money, Sean Henry. <laughs> like thanks. John Henry's definitely listening to this, so send send over the Venmo. Send it over. He's too busy with the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> John Henry, send over that Venmo or else I'll defend the Hunter Renfro trade. (laughs) LeBron James, what are you going to do about this? Yeah, LeBron's been real quiet this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. He hates us anyways. He thinks we're racist. Yeah, he can die. He can hit a fucking pole, that guy. (laughs) All set with him. Yeah. All set with him being alive. I wish Kobe was here and they took him instead. <laughs> I will go on record with that as well. Yeah. Uh, do, do not edit that out, sound, sound man. Do not, <laughs> yeah, do it's not. a good take. It's a good take. The, I mean, the <laughs> I Illuminati of... will be hunting me down for the next three <laughs> yes, months after that. That's but true. I'm all right with it. Aaron gonna... Rodgers is in the Illuminati, too. I'm ready to go. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't. What is? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great. That, that's a that's analysis right there. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm so tired. Like of just this fucking team, these losses, the entanglement of their lives. <laughs> yeah, this sucks. This sucks. Yeah, it does. I don't ever want to be bad. Like, I just, I, I, I would, uh, I just, I hate how the Red Sox are always so bad. Like, winning World Series is great, but, dude, finishing in last fucking sucks, man. Yeah. Finishing in fourth sucks. You know, like, 
Stop being so bad. You know, you're the Red Sox. You never need to be bad. Like, yeah, there's really no excuse to ever really be this bad where you're in last place in the division. No. Like, when have the Dodgers have been bad? When have the Yankees really been bad? We're, no. we're in there with the big boys. Like, I mean, it's really unexcusable. Dude, same thing. I mean, like, the Cardinals, the Astros, the Yankees. Well, the Astros did suck, but... Well, right, but since they've been good, they haven't even had, like, one season where they've not yeah. won the division, I think, right? I don't know. Yeah, uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I just... Yeah, I mean... Hey, Heim Bloom, thanks for Marcelo Meyer. Great pick. You know, loved it. Thanks I think for, anybody would have done that with him on the board, though. Right. Thanks for a couple other, you know, nice things that you did for the farm system. Um, thanks for Garrett Whitlock. Yeah. But, yeah. Thanks for Gary Woodlock. Yeah. Great move, but yeah, I think yeah, I think your uh, your funeral is coming up. It was nice knowing Heim Bloom. We'll, we'll do a black tie funeral. Yeah, we should. Yeah. <laughs> that would be good. We we might need to have the black tie funeral for this season sooner than later. Black tie optional. Uh, I wanted to mention something about black tie optional. Um, my friends brought it up. This is off topic, but. Um, I was at a wedding and I was in the wedding, so I actually had to wear a black tie, but the wedding was considered black tie optional. And um, we were just talking about it. And technically everything is black tie optional. If you think about it, you know, like, I mean, right. Isn't like, you know, you go to Cumbies in the morning, it's technically black tie optional. That's that is true. You know, everything's wrong. Like what, what's a place you wouldn't be able to wear a black tie. There isn't one. It's, it's optional everywhere. So that is, that's true. Just some food for thought. Wow. Maybe Dude, instead of black tie not. optional, if you want people to wear a black tie, say black tie or black tie preferred. But black tie optional, I mean, technically, I'm in my bedroom right now. Every wedding right is now. like that. Yeah, technically, I'm in my bedroom right now. Technically, it's black tie optional in here. So It is. My mind is fucking blown right now. Yep. That's kind of a yep. dumb thing to put on an invitation, dude. No. It is. I agree. I don't like the term black tie optional. I'd like to eliminate it. What kind of animals are you friends with, dude? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's not, you know, it's a common thing. It's a common thing. So I just want to eliminate it. Black if, tie I, if I ever get a wedding invitation that says black tie optional from now on, I'm going to shred it and I'm not going to the wedding and I'm yeah. not going to be friends with that person. You should. Anymore. You should say, well, it depends on if there's an open bar, but that that is true. That is, is true. true. All right. I think we can leave it there because I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah. 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 I'm All right. in the corner watching you kiss her. <laughs> oh. All right, people. All right, people.